Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Hello again, hello again, hello again. And again. And again. We are back. That's right. It wasn't a one-off like last time. We are back. <laughs> we're in the groove. We're in the flow. Oh, we're loving this. We're this is bouncing life. back and forth like balls across a net at Wimbledon. That's the one. We are watching Wimbledon 2, hence the early morning start to this one, which makes no difference to you because everyone's an early morning start for you. But for us, this is early. We're watching Wimbledon 2. Wimbledon just got better. Just got Sounds Wimbledon. Sounds like the sequel yeah. to Wimbledon. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I've got a little espresso this morning, so mm. um, bear with me while I have a little caffeine boost. Yeah. Feel better? Ah, Boosted. Zingy. That's very lovely. nice, actually, yeah. Lovely, lovely coffee, Brian. Thank you. That's no problem. So this morning I had a little bit of heartache. Little bit of heartache. I mean, that's an average Sunday morning for you, isn't it? Yeah. So I've written a list a while ago for this series and I was looking through it and I was thinking, do I stick with it? Do I change it? Do I do this? Do I do that? This is your list of films that you... Yeah. Okay. Because I'm a perfectionist. I wrote a list for the season, Early Doors, Save Myself Time Um, and Effort. Excuse me. Did you do that, Early Doors? Or did you at one point go, maybe I should do this because I come every week ill-prepared? Wow. (laughs) Okay. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, just me and my flower should be <laughs> enjoying the morning. So, I wrote a list a long time ago. And it was a long time ago because it was at the start of season three, which started about four years ago. Okay. And I put ten films on it. Boom, done. Lovely. That, then, that is good. That is organised. I'll give yeah. you a And now, start. I was a bit, do I do it? Do I do it? What do I do? I'm going with it, sister. I think you should. I don't I'm think you should, with it. you know, question yourself. Well, we, we'll probably disagree with that when we get to the end of the list of my films. But I'm going with it. What's I'm your... being strong. So let me start with my clues for this week's film. Go for it. Are you ready? I've never been more ready. Okay, here we go. Released in 1989 and starring two of Hollywood's biggest stars at the time, this film went on to box office mediocrity, only getting a return of £63 million on its £55 million pound or dollar budget. Oh. That was a long clue. 18, oh. I think I, I think I know from that clue alone. No, no, that can't be right. That would have done much better. I was going to say Lethal Weapon, but there's no way that that didn't... No, not that, Lethal Weapon. That, that didn't make its money back. And I would have been far more excited if it was Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Just to let you know. Clue two. Yes, please. This film was nominated for three Razzies, including Best Supporting Actress for the drag performance of one of its stars. Drag performance? Yeah, no, gotcha. 89 Razzies. I'm going to make it easy on the next clue. Yeah, final clue. Final clue. The two stars in question were Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. And if that doesn't give you it, you need to leave uh, this relationship. Um, <laughs> taxi? <laughs> there you go. I'm going to make a wild guess, right? Because I think Sylvester Stallone was in this film. Go on. 
But beyond that, I'm I'm out. Go on. Tango and Cash? Yes, it is. <laughs> but, like, okay. literally, I know nothing. Who is in drag in Tango and Cash? You'll find out. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Sylvester. You'll find out. <laughs> That's what I'm going to keep saying. You can keep repeating the two names over and over. <laughs> but you'll find out. We are going to go oh, no. and watch the classic. Is it a classic? No, not at all. <laughs> but I haven't seen this probably since about... 94 or something oh, like that no. I haven't seen it for a long long time and it went on the list because I think it came up on Netflix a long time ago it's no longer on there by the way so I'm even going to have to pay for this oh, wonderful me. film but we're going to go and watch it we're going to enjoy it right? okay <laughs> I'm going gonna, to enjoy it I'm talking to myself <laughs> as much as you and then we're going to come back and have a chat about the classic that is Tango and cash two of the biggest stars at the time woman okay okay i'm open to it excellent all right we will see you guys in i don't know about five seconds lovely lovely and we're back well that was an 80s fest wasn't it oh my lordy wasn't it i mean i think that's probably the most 80s thing i've ever seen in my entire life i think so i think genuinely if anyone wants to know what the 80s was like do it if they can bear to sit through (laughs) an hour and 45 minutes of tango and cash hour and 37 it was oh sorry uh it felt like an hour and 45 um that's only eight minutes brian it 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 was it was it was ups and downs wasn't it listen and first of all let me put a caveat out here right i'm going to do my synopsis but let me put a caveat out here before we discuss this this was a tv edit oh oh. i'm a little bit pissed with imdb or amazon or amazon wasn't it um yeah Amazon Amazon, amazon prime yeah a little bit pissed. Are you missing key scenes that you remember oh, from the kid? I what? remember basically the beginning bit in the prison where he goes, bring them to me, bring them to me. Yeah. And he walks up to him. The reason that later on in the film he's wearing a weird plaster on his nose yeah. is because Tango reaches through the bars and goes, come here, and then smashes his head against the bars. Oh. And also Cash proper gets electrocuted and they're all like... Ugh. And he's getting generous. That's why the guy's coming through and you look like shit. Even though from this edit, nothing happened to him. So I didn't quite understand why they cut those bits out. Well, yeah, they don't sound like they no. were deemed... Not when you had all the other stuff. Anyway. Inappropriate, yeah. So be okay. warned, everyone, before you go and spend three ninety nine on the SD43 television <laughs> version, oh, which I've done, and I'll be coming for my money back, Jeff, then... um. You know, just bear that in mind. Wow. Okay, right. So let's do the synopsis. Yes, yes. Let's get a flavour. If people haven't watched this film, I would I would encourage them to watch it so that they, oh, can, so they can just, you know, understand a little bit more about where we're going to be going here. Okay, here we go. Framed by their ruthless arch nemesis, a mismatched LAPD crime-fighting duo has to put its differences aside to even the score with the evil kingpin who put them behind bars once and for all. Dun, 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 dun. Now, I don't know if it's me, that repeats itself. They're also, arch nemesis and evil kingpin. Also, they're not a duo. They're not a crime-fighting duo. Oh, they are in the end, sister. No, but, but that implies that they are, you know, a partnership from the beginning. No, 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 it says a crime-fighting duo. It doesn't say a crime-fighting partnership. 
Ooh. I mean, it implies the same thing, Brian, does it not? So, anywho, Sinead and I are going to get on like a house on fire <laughs> during this one. I can simply tell. So, let me give you the reasons as to why I put this little ditty of a film on our list. Please, please give me the reasons as okay. to why you felt this was worthy. Okay. So, I felt this was worthy because... This summed up what films were when I was 14, 15 years old, right? Giving your age away there, Brian, but yeah. Oh, I know. And, oh my God. I mean, they had everything, right? In this film... I mean, it does have everything. (laughs) In this film, you've got comedy, tick, action, tick, suspense, tick, crime, tick, romance, tick, thriller, tick, friendship... Tick. You got the whole lot. Boobs. Tick. Well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> I haven't got to the the subplots. Men in the sh- subplots. <laughs> you want the subplots? Sorry, there were there were B plots to and the main main that, A plot. Were there? Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> and can I just say that all of this was done in a completely beautiful analog environment? Stunningly analog. Everything about it's analogue. All the tech was so shit. And that now you would be like, what the fuck is that? The guy's car that he gives him at the end. And I'm jumping a bit here, so bear with me, yeah, people. Yeah, but let's not get too They fired. get a car from LA- LAPD's R&D department. Just don't anyway, even get me started on this bit. It looks more like one of those Uber people carriers you get. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Than it does a proper armoured vehicle. It's ridiculous. But isn't that beautiful? Well, look, I agree with you, analog. But also, there was there was things going on in this film that I don't think would have been going on technically in 1989. Well, look what? Oh my god! I mean, you just watched the, it. The How whole... can you say that? Look, we'll get on to that department. What did what was it? What was it called? R and D department. The research and development team. Oh, research and development team. Okay, with, Come on, o- with Owen, up. who permanently in every shop we had, he had to have a magnifying glass in front. It, it was like comedy. It Sinead. was like Q from James Bond. I mean, that that brings me on to my main issue with this film. Right, go ahead. What cinematic world are we in? Are, are are we in an eighties buddy comedy? Are we in a smart ass city cop? a la Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills. Are we in an action flick? Are we in a Bond film? Wow. It was like Bond villains and then suddenly we had gadgets and all sorts of things going on. Wow. Very confusing and... and Wow, man. I didn't know Inconsistent. Inconsistent. I didn't know your mind had been closed like that. I didn't (laughs) realise you had to categorise everything. (laughs) Categorise? Yeah, I did say a bit weird. I didn't realise you had to do that with everything. What's wrong with you? Why do you have to throw a fishing net on the world, man? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, come on, just be free. <laughs> I'll tell you what's great about this. I've got them listed here, <laughs> oh my right? God. First of all, everything 80s, everything 80s is in this film. You've got the begrudge chief slash captain. Who right? isn't a patch on the Beverly Hills cop chief. No one said he was. He can't be everything. Just give him a chance. I mean, right? he was, the, he, he was um, Jeffrey Lewis from... Every which way but loose. Okay, so you can't got take him seriously as a, so, as a chief of police. So number one, you got a chief captain that he was, not the chief. Oh, captain, of I don't know what the difference is. Okay, that's a bit begrudged. Looks a bit overworked. You've got the renegade cop who still works off a hunch. Yeah. I mean, you just don't get that anymore. <laughs> There's no hunches anymore. You've got basically tasting drugs 
by putting it in your hand and dipping your finger in it and going, yeah, hundred oh, percent yeah. pure. Like it's like sugar. Yeah, you got basically being allowed as a cop to destroy everything and anything around you in order to get your man. You're allowed to kill civilians, blow up vehicles. You're allowed to do anything because you got your man. Well, definitely in the eighties, that seemed to be exactly. You got the gratuitous, pointless butt in the moonbeam shot. <laughs> Two of them. Exactly, double bubble. <laughs> Brilliant. You got the mullet. What's not to love? You've got the fact that it ends in a fist fight. Always has to be a fist fight at the end. Mm. Always. Man on man action. Mm. That sounded wrong. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It is a bit homoerotic, this film, oh, though, totally, isn't it? Totally. Mm. Totally homoerotic. Um, you've got the fact there's a soft timer in it. Oh, we've got 24 hours. Oh, and yeah. then that got so boring <laughs> that they decided, fuck it, let's add a second soft timer in 11 minutes. I mean, the 24 hours completely died. I You've completely got 24 forgot. hours. I actually wrote that down, that the captain gives them 24 yeah. hours to find out the guy who set them yeah, up. he gives um, them a soft timer. And then I completely, yeah, I completely forgot about yeah. that. And so with the scriptwriter, so he went, oh, shit, we better give him another soft timer. Let's get this done. Brilliant. Um, you've got the fact that two worlds collide. You've got the fact that, you know... Like what are the, the two worlds colliding? Oh, come on. The Beverly Hills cop is all money, money, money. And the guy who works downtown where it looks like something from Hill Street Blue. But they were part of the... Set. This, okay, so so this is another problem. Sinead, you don't need to shout. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> they were both meant to be part of the LAPD. Correct. So one was Beverly were... Hills, one was downtown. Learn the differences, oh, sister. God, that wasn't even clear. Well, it was clear to me. Oh, God. Was, oh, yeah, okay. Then you've got a bad guy, as you said. It's like something from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Fantastic. Loved him. Brilliant. Everything you wanted from the 80s. You've got monster trucks. Monster yes, trucks. Yes, was a monster truck. The guy got a flesh wound. Clean exit. Ran around. Brilliant. Kurt Russell got shot. No problem. At the beginning, Kurt Russell gets shot in the chest like four times. Hangs off the edge of a barrier, then chases a guy down, kills it. I mean, I'm I'm fairly sure whether you've got a vest on or not. If you get shot with a bullet, it hurts. I think. So wait, so. <laughs> wait. You had um, a boot gun. A, a gun, gun. His boot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. come on. They used to gadgets. stick them everywhere back in the day. Fantastic. Oh, you had the random lady with a trolley full of cans crossing a <laughs> car park. Why is she crossing a car park? If you collect cans, you're not going to find any cans in a car park. But, you know, she had to be crossing. Genius, just like The Rock. <laughs> Absolute genius. You've got commandeering vehicles. You don't get that anymore. Can you imagine running up to a bloody car in the middle of Brixton going yeah yeah police I'm going to commandeer this vehicle I agree these are all 80s tropes but they were not done particularly well in this film and most importantly boobs absolutely boobs everywhere everywhere. yeah even in the (laughs) car park she's decided yeah I'm going to get my top off and have sex in the car I think nothing says romance like a (laughs) multi-story thank you the 80s I hope you've enjoyed this episode it was great good night I think the only film with more boobs from the 80s is like Porky's or Police Academy. Probably. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they did the boobs at the beginning and they was like, that's not enough boobs. Why doesn't he follow her into the dancer's changing room? Where, yeah, yeah. Even though it looked like a strip club, no one really took all their clothes off. Had a motorbike in a nightclub, another cool 80s thing. But then he goes in the changing room and all the women... Are just walking just around walking topless, yeah. I was nearly 25 before I realised women didn't walk around with their boobs out all the time behind oh, closed do. doors. We do. As soon as, oh. as soon as that door closes behind us and yeah, we're all together, whip off the bras. Whip off the bras, have a, a great pillow time. fight. Lovely. Listen, I will agree with you about a couple of things, right? 
Go on. Well, when we went to play this film, because we were watching it on Amazon, it gives you the the themes or the categories that it classes the film to be in. Yeah. And I made a little note of them, and it was suspense, comedy, compelling, and outlandish. Tick, 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 tick. I'm a little bit questioning over the suspense element. What are you talking about? Soft timers, two of them. mm, Suspense. not, Not much suspense going on for me. You met his sister at the beginning, cute, intelligent dancer. Clearly going to get abducted. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's not suspense, is it? Of course that... it is. When's she going to get abducted? She hasn't been abducted yet. But when are they going to get killed in prison? They haven't been killed yet. Why is that guy carrying a slinky? All suspenseful. I don't... Just... Outlandish. Let's just focus on this, right? One okay. of the words that, that they used was outlandish. Absolutely. And I think this is the most accurate word we can use. So why can't you just enjoy that? Because it wasn't that well done, was it? Oh, it was bloody awful, but why can't you just enjoy that? (laughs) Listen, there were certain things about it I enjoyed, right? Go for it. I liked the ridiculous opening. So we got to oh, yeah. we got to meet them separately. We got in- introduced to to Tango, aka yeah. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. who although dressed in a suit like a stockbroker, you know, very very kind broken. of serious and intelligent, yeah. still is the cop with no rules, tra- yeah. shooting shooting through windscreens to stop. <laughs> vehicles carrying drugs rather than just shooting the tyres out. He's quite willing to perhaps, you know... Sinead, it's the 80s. Rid- you just killed them. Ridiculous. Then you found out whether they were guilty. Come I, on. I did I did appreciate um, when he stopped the the van with all the, the truck with the drugs in it. Yeah, and yeah. then all the cops arrived and yeah. they're like, oh my God, you're out of control. You're yeah, out of I control. I want your badge. I want your ass. Um, and they say he thinks he's Rambo. Yeah. And he's like, Rambo is a pussy. Yeah. That was quite funny. See, there were there were a couple of funny elements in here. Yeah. They didn't sustain themselves throughout the whole film. The comedy kind of wavered off, I thought, and well, it just got a what bit What do you want ridiculous. laughs from start to finish? It's not a comedy no, just film. Consist- it's action. Just consistency, Brian. Um, and then we had, after we've met Sly, yeah. we then had this random moment of the bad guys... So Jack Palance as um, the the main evil villain, yep. Perrette, I think his name Perrette, was, yes. Perrette, um, just driving past in a limo yeah. in such an expository manner going, oh my God, I hate that tango. And if it's not tango, it's cash. It's like, what? why were they just why were they just driving past? I just wish films would get on with it now. I mean, what do you want? Do you want that? Or do you want four and a half hours worth of bloody finding out whether the world bends upside down or not? <laughs> Let's crack on. Well, I mean, this definitely, this definitely did get on with it. Then we had, then we had the intro to Cash with some weird synth music, which made no sense no. as he pulled up in his car. Very Martin Riggs. Very his Martin whole Riggs slash Eddie Murphy, open top car driving to all the kids. The locals loved him. <laughs> yeah. But did you notice every time he came on screen, there was some funky ass so weird. weird. Like this one's the goofball. Yep. Loved it. So bizarre. And what is that hair? What was going on with that hair? What is that hair? Oh, my gosh. Don't tell me you didn't fall in love with that man. No. Yeah, 100% you did. I absolutely... 100% didn't. you did. I th- I, you did. I think I would have gone Stallone in this if, oh, if, I had to, if I had to make a choice. Nobody can be spending more time doing their hair than me. That's just not... What are you talking about? That's... I didn't spend any time doing his hair. You saw when he was wet in the shower. <laughs> oh, my me. God. Don't please. tell me. I also really liked, so ridiculous opening, tick. Good. It was ridiculous, but they sold it to me. Good. I was fine with that. Prison Escape. Oh, yeah. 
So they get set up because yeah. because they're such great cops yeah. and they're and they're putting all the you know these bad guys behind bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This mastermind criminal that should be in a Scooby Doo or a James Bond film yeah. decides that he needs to get them off the streets because he's yeah. got a big deal coming yeah. up and he doesn't want them getting involved. So, so if he ru- kills them, makes them martyrs, man, heroes. You get hunted down. Well, here we go. So this is what doesn't make sense, does it? So we'll get rid of them by setting them up for a crime they didn't commit. Yeah. Very eighteen. Yeah. Putting them in prison. Yeah. Um, but then once he's put them in prison, it would appear that he's going to kill them inside prison anyway. Yeah, but... So why not just kill them to begin with? Who gives a shit if they're made martyrs? Because if they're in prison when they're killed, people think it's the inmates. No one cares. They don't blame a drug dealer or anything like that. Sinead, you're not thinking moves ahead. Perrette was always like a chess player, thinking moves ahead. He had two mice. Looks suspiciously a bit big for mice. <laughs> two mice that he put in some weird table with a maze in it. For about three seconds, they didn't go anywhere. He took them back out and put them in a box. Which was so pointless. They were there to just, you know, He's explain. He's the puppet master. <laughs> it was his God. analogy of, of capturing yeah, Tango and Cash. Okay, but I did enjoy the prison escape. Yes. At least that was, you know, at least it was action. Something was happening. It was ludicrous beyond belief. How dare you? Well, when there's a huge rainstorm, yeah. we've, we've had some recently... Yeah. Have you ever noticed electric cables to be sparking and sending off flames? I've never been. Bursting into. Maybe in America. (laughs) Who knows? But also, can I say that they looked at the blueprint for about three seconds. He went, there's this route here. And then Tango went, what about this route? And he went, that's the long way around. Don't do that. And that's it. That was it. Put away the map. Mm -hmm. They both remembered that route. Perfectly. And that's, that, and, and that's the problem you've got with this and, No, but also, no, the reason I've got a problem is Tango was the only one who wanted to do that route. And the whole way around, he was asking Cash, are you sure this is the right <laughs> yeah. way? So, well, it was your route, dickhead. It's your route. <laughs> and then they get to the bit where they got a jump with the leather belt. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. If you don't touch the floor, you'll be fine. However, both of them, belt and teeth, grabbed the wire, great. Yeah, like as it Threw wire. the wire over, grabbed it with the hand with the metal buckle yeah, in it. Yeah, I saw the metal And then grabbed the other end. <laughs> yeah, you're both going to fry. So, you know, there's a few discrepancies there in the reality. And it would would also appear... I'll give you that. It would also appear they got put into a prison that the guards had no control over whatsoever. I mean, as they walked in and they were going to be put in with the general population and no cops should never be put in. They should have been in minimum security, yeah. They walk through the the gangway with all the cells coming off the side of the, the prison and there's, there's things set on fire. There's bizarre pieces of paper just flying through the air. like Yeah, that's what happens. They throw everything, they set fire to it, throw it out. <laughs> if there's a riot, maybe. But this was just like a general... Two cops getting introduced to general population, Sinead. You have no idea. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully I'll never get to find well, out. Well, yeah, me too. I did write that down. Prison's not for me. <laughs> I think we know that. I think we've known yeah. that for a long time. Yeah. Um, I also have to ask you about this uh, sidekick with the ponytail. Oh, all right, mate. I'm going to slit your throat. So we had yeah. Perrette's sidekick. But what was, was his name? I've no idea. Because they called it, they said like, oh, this is his psychic, he's called. And then they gave him a name like Raiki or something. Even though he was a cockney with ginger hair. It, they were like, his name was he a Raiki. cockney? I thought, honestly, 
at one point I thought, is he meant to be Australian? Is he? A, what, what is going on with that accent? He said the word bloody like five times. Well, yeah, I know, but the accent. Go was on, Gavnor. Yeah, exactly. Me I off know. Bloody roof. <laughs> I like it up here. That's Dick Van Dyke's son. Look it up. Guy Ritchie would have loved to have had him in a film. I would love to have him in a film. Brilliant. <laughs> I don't think he's dead. He can't be that old. I've no idea. Look him up. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke's son. Isn't he in Diagnosis Murder? <laughs> you know it's not Dick Van Dyke's son. I know it's not. But you've got to love the bit where they did the whole bad cop, worst cop, terrible cop, blow your face off cop thing. That, that bit... Yeah, that yeah, okay. That that was quite a nice scene. Thank you very much. Um threatening the ponytail guy. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sylvester being the worst cop. Yeah, okay, that worked. Yeah. They seemed to let him go though after that because he turned well, they did let him go. Yeah, that was the whole thing, wasn't it? It was like ridiculous. Oh, and they also prior to that did the dangle him off the edge of the building by his ankles. Yeah. A very lethal weapon. I'm I, sure they absolutely. did that exact same thing in lethal weapon, didn't they? I think lethal weapon stole a lot from this. No, it must have been the other way around. Surely. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, no, but what I don't understand about the guy was he was tied to like a telegraph pole on a roof. Mm. You oh know, yeah, when they put in the, the thing, yeah, and the, then he went, oh no, it's it's a ah, oh, it's a bloody dad, right? When he put it in his pants, yeah. They left him tied to the telegraph. So who went up on the roof and released him? Well, he just he released staff to death. No, he just released himself. I think the sad alternate ending to this is they go up on the roof and, and they find just him a guy who's died of uh, <laughs> dehydration. <laughs> It's quite sad. No, he escaped. That's the director's he... cut. <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? Illogical plot, Brian. Cartoon villains. The editing was not great, Ooh, was it? Watch your mouth. Illogical plot. Yeah, completely What's illogical, illogical about it? Two great bloody drug-capturing cops are set up by a kingpin, sent to prison where they have to escape or they'll be killed by people who are under his control to get their freedom back, and they do it by attacking right at the very heart of the problem, Perrette himself. Well, I mean... You... I mean, admittedly, they go straight back to prison because they didn't actually prove anything, they just blew him up. Well, exactly, this is my point. So when they escape from prison to track down this, yeah. you know, villain yeah. that's done all this to them, they, they gather no evidence nope. apart from the one tape... Don't need evidence. The it's one, the, 80s. the one tape that proves that the, the tape that was given in evidence to put them down was faked yeah, that's the yeah. only evidence they've got yeah, yeah. and then they they kill a vast Everybody. amount of people yeah, yeah. blow up a building yeah. kill up the bad guy in the process yeah. and the resolution of this film is they all run from the burning building yeah. hide hide in a bunker as it explodes have a little quip back and forth Kurt Russell and Terry Hatcher are going to get it on yeah. and then and the front of a then we just get the front of a newspaper the going hero heroes again back on the force yeah. all done yeah. lazy 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 I mean even if you killed a drug kingpin I don't see how it excuses you from what was technically being convicted <laughs> of dealing drugs do you know what I mean it makes no sense no. lazy I don't think it was lazy I think it was very formulaic but I think it was strong genre film telling I film think telling I think the use Film-telling. I think storytelling or filmmaking <laughs> One of the two. I think the use of the newspaper headlines throughout the film is lazy. And I think the rest of it, I've done my research here, Brian. I've been reading a little bit about Tango and Cash. Oh. Um, and I think the rest of it 
comes down to an incredibly chaotic production, pre-production of this film that has resulted in this. Well, clearly you know a fair bit about this film. So I think now, right now, is the time for our Nerd Alert! Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? Thank you, Brian. I've got some very interesting facts about Tango and Cash for you. Well, at least I found them interesting, so hopefully you and our lovely listeners do. Number one, director Andrei Konchalovsky was fired before the end of the movie. This could have been for a number of issues. Was it creative differences, budget disputes, an argument over the ending, or the producer demands? It's an amalgamation of all of these things, but there was an undisputable clash between the director and producer John Peters. Number two, Patrick Swayze was cast originally as Cash, but dropped out to star in the film Roadhouse. That seems like a good choice on his part, although Roadhouse was nominated for five Razzies. Talking about Razzies, I think you mentioned them in your clues when we started. So this was nominated for Worst Actor for Sylvester Stallone, Worst Supporting Actress for Kurt Russell, and Worst Screenplay for Randy Feldman. Number four, the film went 20 million over budget. Ouch. Number five, the film score was composed by Harold Faltermeyer, who gave us the iconic Axel F theme. Number six, we mentioned a prison inmate Slinky, and he was played by Clint Howard, baby brother to Ron Howard. And finally, will we get a Tango and Cash sequel? Apparently, Stallone has said he'd do it in a second, but Kurt Russell seems a little bit more reticent, telling Sylvester we were in our prime. Now we're in our unprime. Whoa. I mean, you're wrong, Kurt. Do you, <laughs> you, mean? you think you think it's worthy of a sequel? In all honesty, if you two want to do it, I will produce it. I mean, I'll direct it as well. What the hell? Let's do it. We've had um, Indiana Jones come out recently, haven't we? We have. And they've done a lot of de-aging, I believe, on old Harrison. We don't need to de-age. No. No, think about it, think about it. They could be the captains, it could be their sons that the new Renegade Cops. Call me, guys, you need to get in on this, on the ground level. Don't make me take it away from you. Thank you, that's all I've got to say. I've got one more fact slash connection for you. Go on then. Back to the future connection. Please do. All day long. Actor Richard L. Duran played a prisoner in Tango and Cash. And he was one of the terrorists in Back to the Future. Oh, okay, cool. I was thinking terrorists, but yeah, the guys in the Volkswagen. Exactly. Ah. The ones that essentially trigger Marty going back to the future. So talking of the terrorists in Back to the Future brings me on to this film. Yes. And uh, one of the most amazing benchmarks of any 80s American film is the casual racism. Ah, Indeed. So, Indeed. For example, racism, sexism, all, yeah, all, all, all the isms, of it. really. Yeah, all the isms. But, I mean, first of all, the homophobia. Yeah. You know, everybody bends over in the shower. Oh, oh what are you doing? Oh, hey, oh, I'm just getting so relaxed. We all like pee wee woo wee. All that sort of thing. Even though they're, you know, having a lovely shower together quite casually. Um, but you've got the part with the Chinese guy. You speak English, don't fucking you know, I'll prove yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, that was uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable. Um, the fact that the guy with the brains, 
mm. in the drug dealing mm. is American. Mm -hmm. And the two hoodlums who are actually selling it at street level are both foreign. <laughs> um, the fact that the one he steals a cover is, oh, you're crazy. I came here for perestroika. Mm. And yes. he was welcome to America. I know. Like, oh, get used to it. I mean... They had a formula, Brian, and they stuck to it back then. <laughs> absolutely. It was like, America's great and all the others are weird. <laughs> and it was just a little bit much. But, but weird, weird they left that stuff in and cut out your... Um, yeah, this random... <laughs> your bit. just, you know, violent yeah. violent additions. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand it because it didn't cut together then because the guy turns up five minutes later and he's got this pretty great plaster on his nose. Oh, well, I didn't, that didn't kind of register oh. with me because I thought the editing was a bit a bit off anyway. I think they cut out more than just that. To be, I mean, the editing, to be fair, right, let's be honest. Time for some home truths. The new section, <laughs> home, home truths. truths. This is very, very poorly directed. I mean, <laughs> well, like, I mean it had shocking. It ended so. up with about three different directors from what I've read. Yeah, I mean, this was bad. The editor must have had just such a bad time with this film. It feels like, you know, basically they spent so much money on Stallone and Kurt Russell. It's like spitting on the floor, right? You can't miss. But somehow the producer has managed to miss. <laughs> he's got the whole floor. But he's gone to the editor. I'm putting something out there. We've got to make some of the money I, back. I think you're right. I think Go um, for it. when I was when I was researching, I also read that um, they really rushed to get it ready for the release day. Yeah. And also, if you watch the trailer, there's stuff in the trailer that's not in the film because they did the trailer. They cut the trailer from <laughs> before the film was finished, basically. Yeah. Um, so they've put stuff in there that you won't actually see yeah. in the movie. It's really poor. The music doesn't make any sense because of it's poorly directed. You know, like. It's like everything, like you say. Is it a Bond film? Is it, is it a cop film? They is needed it, to choose. They know. could have. They could have gone with two. Yeah, absolutely. It, and I think actually, if they'd have made it that kind of lethal weapon styley, which they were trying to do, mm. but with some conviction, it would have been a winner. I think. I think. I think. You know, creatively with directors and producers, and maybe the writer as well. I think people were working on different planes. Oh, totally. And and it didn't really gel together no and the fact that the producer decided that a young girl who's a dancer ah this is Terry Hatcher's character basically a stripper Sil Sylvester's sister starts I mean apart from the fact that she starts to begin the film saying she's going to go away she wants a month on her own Clearly. and she's not going to give him a number to call her on because she doesn't want to be involved anymore she needs to be alone on her own yeah she doesn't go away does she she Brian? doesn't go anywhere and he goes cool go into this club she dances there well, I'm glad you said that because yeah. that made no sense. I thought, I thought to myself, hang on a minute. I thought she yeah, was going she away. I thought town. she was leaving LA. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Well, that was clearly just a way of introducing her in the beginning and leaving their relationship questionable because yeah. we weren't sure whether it was a lover or yeah. a or a girlfriend or a sister that, or a... not only is apparently the brother very proud of her stripping career, exotic dancing, whatever you want to call it, but. I'm not sure how chuffed I'd be with my little sister dancing on stage in her underwear. Uh, can we also point out she played drums? Good you point. Know? She did play the drums as well. Because you've got to have a little something else to entertain the audiences she these did. days. Taking she did play drums as well. I'm sorry, she was a percussion specialist exactly. also. But no, not only that, but she lives in this house. Apparently belonged to her brother, but mm -hmm. a big house. Lovely in house. And... Um, what she does is put a big poster of herself in a bra up oh, that's on the wall what of her own house. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say to you. Did you notice when they were talking yeah. in her bedroom, she had a massive, like massive... Poster of herself yeah. in her underwear. Yeah. It was like, hey, 
What's going on there? Yet another mystery of women that you didn't know happened. We've all got these huge posters of ourselves in in, in lingerie. I know. No, but I just found it... Yeah, I mean, it's an astoundingly bad piece of script writing, an astoundingly (laughs) bad piece of film direction, an astoundingly bad piece of production design because of that lack of direction, bad music because of that lack of direction, um, bad acting because of that lack of direction, and that's down to the producer as much as anybody else. But you still enjoyed it. But, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, it's boring as well at places, (laughs) but it summarises beautifully. If you want to know what 80s films were about, not in a good way, Mm -hmm. watch it because it just summarises all of them, whether it be Bond, whether it be, I don't know, Lethal Weapon, whether it be bloody Weekend at Bernie's. It's just the whole lot. In one. It's a complete mashup, and and the bit there. So there's a moment in in the film when they're in prison, yeah. and it's the middle of the night, and they get ripped from their cells, oh, yeah. bundled, you yeah. know, head covered. That was that was a really disturbing scene. That that oh, could yeah. have been in a really kind of serious dramatic yeah. film where yeah. it was horrible, and it it was like, hang on a minute, we were you know, it was all laughing and joking and yeah. and kind of outlandish, over the top, and then suddenly we've got this really kind of traumatic. Oh. Yeah, they stole so much oh, from goodness. so many things. I mean, I've seen that scene in something else, that steal them out of their bed at night scene. That's been in something else. I mean, probably something like Apocalypse Now. I mean, yeah. it was it or was something horrific. random like that. Um, there, there's also been, you know, the weird blonde guy all in black who's the henchman for no apparent reason to the evil guy. Mm. You know, that's, that's Lethal Weapon. Written all over, I think Lethal Weapon 2, that one. Written all over it, Mr. Joshua. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's, oh, it's Lethal Weapon 1. But, you know, it, there's just... So many films, bro. Sorry, but... <laughs> oh, Lethal Weapon's brilliant. But, yeah, anyway. Why the hell are we watching that then? Well, because this was important for you to see. It was, it was. And it was important for you to revisit. And it was. And when anyone gets a Nissan people carrier... And says it's an, uh, one of the best RVs you'll ever drive. It looked like something more out of Cannonball Run. <laughs> you know, and he's on the video call, but apparently he couldn't see into the car. Don't you guys even get up? me started. I felt we can like see him gone... on the video call, but he can't see you. So he's invented video calling. But not a two-way, not a two-way system. <laughs> but yeah, didn't bother doing it two ways. I know, it felt like we'd gone into Knight Rider territory oh, at that point. There you go, <laughs> tick that box as well. There is one thing I don't ever need to see again. What's that? Kurt Russell in drag. That was brilliant. I mean, what was the point of that? (laughs) And, I mean, apart from the fact, genius, he got him out of the club. He looked exactly like Kurt Russell in drag. You thought he was going to dress up in the... Come on, every film that people dress up in drag in, they always look like the guys that are dressed up in drag. Uh, Mrs Doubtfire didn't. Oh, yeah, really? That didn't look like Robin Williams? Absolutely not. Okay. No, Um, very convincing. apart from anything else... The incredibly unprofessional police officer. How about a three-way? I know. <laughs> Dude, you're on, you're on, you're on fucking, what do you call it, on shift? Yeah, but these were also the officers that were on shift, went into the strip club well, and started and og- ogling and, yeah, no, that's fine that they went in there to make an arrest, mm-hmm. but then started to try and chat up and ogle the, the ladies in there. No, no, hang on, not the yeah, ladies. Yeah, one of them got reprimanded. Like, yeah, because he was getting... Bloody lured in by Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. Come on. 
I'd have been lured in by Terry Hatcher oh, in I that outfit. It. I knew it. This well, is another reason why you want to and, watch this film. And if it had been Keanu up there in his pants, you'd have been at the edge of the stage. So don't even pretend you wouldn't. If it had been Keanu up there in his pants, this would be a four-star film. <laughs> I know. Four stars? I know. I know. Well, you know straight I don't want to seem... I don't want to seem... Shallow. Yeah, I'm going to go in at five, am I? I've got to deduct something for this. So, I think talking to that, let's move on now to our scores because, to be honest, there really isn't a huge amount you can talk about with this film in terms of, oh, let's talk about the mise en scene. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Kurt Russell's hair some more. Mm. What did you make of the harrowing performance? (laughs) No. So, let's move on to video cassette. Are you ready? Tapes score for this film Sinead Brian what are you going to give this film you might not be happy about this but I've got to go with my gut reaction go ahead I'm going to give Tango and Cash may I just say both both Sylvester's you put your hand up again on the podcast I did raise my hand there I did find Stallone and Russell very likeable yes and I think actually the, the characters themselves very very good I just yeah. think the rest of the material yeah. was a bit desperate it's getting 2.5 okay okay alright 2.5 out of 5 okay. VHS tapes from me okay I'm going to take that that's fine I think you should ride with that I'm going to ride with it and it's mainly getting those for just a couple of scenes that were quite enjoyable no I'm going to go with that and to be honest I think you're right I think you're absolutely right with your score however However, I'm a nostalgic old fool. Oh, my Lord. And I love the 80s. And I love... You, you the, can't I, do that. I go. <laughs> and I love the analogue world. And I forgot that I was in love with Terry Hatcher. Then, not so much now. Oh, great. So we're going to be watching Lois and Clark reruns now. <laughs> if I knew what that was, yeah. You don't remember oh, those Oh, Superman. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, no. No, too, no. No. So, yeah, there was that. And, yeah, it's just because of the 80s thing and the fact that it was everything. The fact that it was just so bad and everything. It was like watching a Swedid 80s. It was like if yes. they Swedid Lethal Weapon, yes. this was it. 100%. And for that reason alone and the joy that that brought me, with 30 minutes or so of intense boredom, I'm giving it three. Wow. I know, I know. That's probably too high. It prob- no. Do you know what? Go with your gut. Two and a half. My gut was two and a half. <laughs> so that's what I'm sticking with. It's two and a half. It's bad. But I promise <laughs> you, you need to see it. If you want to understand 80s films, and you can do it with a pinch of salt and think, right, I'm watching a Swedish version of every 80s action film. You'll actually enjoy half of it. <laughs> So, there you go. So, let's move on to reasons to dump you. Now, there aren't a lot. No, I'm not not surprised. No, but they can't be because, (laughs) let's be honest, you didn't have much to work with. However, there is one thing that I have... I believe I've probably raised this with you before. Oh, no. No, no, don't get like that. You have a distinct lack of appreciation for the 80s. Now... That might be because you didn't really experience as much as I did. I'm too young, you see. Exactly. I mean, I was there. (laughs) You don't seem to get the same heartwarming joy from an analogue cassette tape being thrown across 
the room. I think I've got the tape <laughs> from the fact that the TV wall in his room that, yeah, was that, all old bowed screen that TVs. That was pretty sweet. Oh, that was pretty sweet. You know, everything's analogue. No one's making a mobile phone call because they can't. It was joyful. And you don't seem to revel in that as much as I would like. So that is the reason to dump you. The fact that you were born too late. Oh, I don't think that's going to hold up in court. I think it could. When we get dissolved. (laughs) Dissolved. That nearly happened to Kurt. Oh, no, he was electrocuted, not dissolved in acid. And he didn't even get electrocuted. Well, no, not in this version. Yeah, thank Um, you very much. Um, If you'd like to refund me, Jeff, you've got my card details, bizarrely. (laughs) Um, So just put it straight back on my card. £3.49. I think it was three ninety nine, so I'm happy to pay fifty p <laughs> for the, the TV version you version. saw. <laughs> yeah, but you know, four three. I'm sure they didn't release it in cinemas in four three. That's the TV version. Sorry, but there you go. Okay. Well, look, I don't think that's a fair reason to dump me, but I do. In the spirit you of the podcast, I will accept it. The eight is more. Oh, trust me, I do. And maybe next week we'll be. Uh, Oh, revisiting the knows? 80s. Who knows? Don't give too much away right now. I very much doubt it, guys. It's more likely to be the 70s mm-hmm. with Sinead, but that's okay. Thank you, Sinead. Thank you very much, Brian. I've now seen Tango and Cash. You have. So I won't get lured into watching it by anybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. You're thinking, oh, what is this a story about? Dancing for money? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Um, I very much enjoyed it. You can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. Um, and please subscribe and give us a little review. Click a little star there wherever you listen to your podcast. That'll be lovely. And don't forget, if we have whet your appetite for tango, I have an unrelated documentary on flamenco dancing throughout the southern Spain region in the 80s and 90s and the influence of the British migration there. Coming out on Channel 5, well, 5 Star, this Thursday at 8.30pm. Sounds fascinating. It is. It's called Flamenco (laughs) and the Brits. Discuss. That's all we've got. Thanks very much. I'll be bringing better 80s to the table next time, don't you worry. I look forward to it, sister. Bye.